Welcome to Building the Future, hosted by Kevin Horick. With millions of listeners a month, Building the Future has quickly become one of the fastest rising programs with a focus on interviewing startups, entrepreneurs, investors, CEOs, and more. The radio and TV show airs in 15 markets across the globe, including Silicon Valley. For full showtimes, past episodes, or to sponsor the show, please visit buildingthefutureshow.com. Today's show is brought to you by OnPay, the new standard in payroll. You can pay employees and contractors in minutes, automate your payroll taxes and filings, as well as provide health benefits and HR in all 50 states. For more information, visit buildingthefutureshow.com slash onpay. Welcome back to the show. Today we have Paula Henderson. She's the content and community manager at Cantry. Paula, welcome to the show. Uh, thank you, Kevin. Hi, everyone. Um, yeah, I'm excited to have you back on the show. You, you and one of your other coworkers did the show a number of months ago, and I thought you guys have always kind of had a remote team, and obviously you're you're building a product to, to really support remote teams. But maybe before we get into all that, let's get to know you a little bit better and start off with where you grew up. Where I grew up. Um, I grew up in Krakow, Poland, and I spent uh, many years in Chicago. Okay. And I've been in Paris for four years now. Very cool. So you went to university. What did you take and why? Um, I have a bachelor's in English and master's in marketing communication. And in my work, I get to combine the two. Interesting. What made you want to take that? Um. I've always been a writer. Um, since I was a little girl, I was always scribbling things, and then I got published at the age of 12. Wow. And uh, when I was in college, my brother had a small uh, advertising agency, and I did an internship with him, and that persuaded me to pursue marketing and communication. Interesting. No, that's that's very cool. So walk us through your journey up until becoming a part of the Cantry team. Well, <laughs> um, after um, graduating um, in Chicago with, uh, with my master's degree in marketing, I, um, I worked for um, a small company and then I worked for a nonprofit. So I had exposure to both the corporate world and nonprofit in uh, various roles within the marketing communications area. And then for a while, I decided to go on my own and uh, do communications consulting. And uh, lots of things happened in my life um, after that. And at some point, I decided to move to Paris. Uh, that was a dream of mine for a few years. At first, it was just um, a wish, like a quiet wish. <laughs> but I always say that Paris is too... Uh, strong of a force to resist. Even though I liked my life in Chicago, I love the city and I had a whole community and, and friends and family, I knew I had to take a chance in Paris. And when I first moved here, um, well, when you move to a new country, especially when you're not fluent in the language just yet, you take everything step by step. And uh, I told you that I had a degree in English, so uh, undergrad undergraduate degree in English. And 
when I came here, it was a chance for me to become an English trainer, uh, something that I did at the very beginning of my career. And it was fun for, for a while, but because I was teaching business English, I was around so many people who worked in business, many of them in marketing communications. And honestly, I knew at that time I was missing that world. And it just so happened that I saw an ad for this job. Somebody posted it online in a group for expats that I was uh, part of. And I dropped everything when I saw the job description. And when I saw what Digicop, the company was about, meaning it was um, worker co-op, um, uh, with, with sort of uncorporate values, which is exactly what I was. And luckily, my friend, my colleague who was um, on the show with me last time, he's the one who actually called me and, well, the rest is history. So um, I've been with Digicop for over a year now. Very it's cool. a remote first team, meaning we don't just have have a remote policy in place that allows you to work from home once a week or maybe twice a week or so. We have the freedom to work from anywhere at any time. Of course, we like to meet each other. The office is actually five minutes on foot from my apartment. Wow. And of course, right now, France is on lockdown, so I cannot do that. <laughs> Can I go there? But we do, under normal circumstances, we try to meet with the team periodically because we actually like hanging out together and it's, it's nice to still sit in one room and work together. But um, our team is distributed between Paris and Bordeaux. So uh, we are mostly in touch online. Very cool. So I want to get more into the remote stuff later, but I, I want to spend some time mm -hmm. on um, your, your product Cantry. So what exactly is it? And, and walk us through how people and companies actually use the product. Uh, Cantry is a very flexible work management platform, uh, collaboration platform. Um, it, we always say that it helps you or helps teams unleash collective intelligence. Um, as a worker co-op, we believe in the power of working together, you know, um, stronger together. Everybody has um, certain domain knowledge, but when we bring all this together, um, we are better and we can achieve our goals better, quicker. So Cantry is designed to help you do that. Um, we are very aware of the fact that we are in a very crowded marketplace. And a lot of the tools out there are not flexible enough. They tell you how to manage your projects within their parameters. Whereas Cantry is very, very flexible. It, it's almost like blank canvas. And you tell Cantry how to work for you because you are the one who knows your job you are the one who knows how to manage your work process, your projects and everything. So Cantry is there. It's like your, your helper, your best friend at work, you know, that, that's the idea. And um, I wanted to give you just a quick background. Sure. Um, Cantry was founded about five years ago um, by my colleagues who used to work together for different companies. And they were just simply not satisfied with the tools that were there for, for teams for work management. There was always something missing, some kind of feature that they thought was important. So they decided to come together and create this product. So, you know, at this point, we may not have this name recognition as some of our big competitors with huge marketing budgets, but because 
there was so much research and thought behind this product. It's very powerful, but also simple to use. So you can use it for very simple projects. If you want to plan, I don't know, a, a team building activity, right? Or you can use it for very complex, agile, scrum projects. So there's a whole range of things. And we have some power users who discover ways to use country that even we didn't realize existed. Interesting. Do you have some examples of those? Like you don't have to give companies names specific, but like how they, they've leveraged your platform? Well, mostly this would be done by agile coaches. I don't okay. have the details okay. top of my head now. Mm -hmm. Okay. No, that's fair. So I, I want to dive a little bit deeper into the product. You said I can basically set it up how I want to set it up, but sometimes that can be a bit daunting. Do you like, how do you, how do you allow me, like, do you have like a wizard or something that helps me decide how to set up a project or am I kind of left to, to just get in there and start building my product or project? You don't really need a wizard because Country was designed to help you set up projects without IT help. Okay. So that means anybody across the board in your company can use it. You know, the onboarding process is quite simple. But we do have some things to help you, of course. Uh, first of all, we do offer some um, online or on-site training to, to our customers. Um, my colleague takes care of that. But also we have a library, a growing library of uh, templates. Those templates could be for, uh, for marketing, for human resources, for sales, for product development, new businesses, startups, even agencies. So these are like click and done templates, you know, and they're quite robust. Um, so you can take one, copy it to your project, and then start customizing. So really to set up a project, it doesn't take you a long time. And of course, we have a dedicated support. Um, the, you can contact us either via email or directly from Kentry. You don't even have to open your, uh, your uh, email. And the thing is, the support is provided by people who developed and continue to develop Kentry. Um, so they know all the ins and outs. Uh, so again, going back to our co-op values, because everything we do in Kentry is based on our DigiCop values. We really want this to be more of a community. We really have people that are listening and taking into account what our users say. And then we either make the tweaks, we have a public roadmap where people can come with their problems. But generally, Cantry is designed to just let you work on your project without the hassle. Interesting. And then obviously you guys provide different ways to visualize um, my product because obviously different types of people like to see the data displayed differently. Mm -hmm. And then I'm assuming, well, I, I can get analytics around all that stuff as well. Yeah, absolutely. We have a pretty powerful report feature. Um, you can also you look at, um, we have a journal feature, we have logs. So for example, if you, if you are on vacation, if you're away, you can come back to the log and know what's been done during your absence. As far as the views, we have the standard Kanban view um, and also with swim lanes. So you can really visualize your, your whole work um, table, which is like a spreadsheet. We have a calendar view. We have a timeline view, which is very good for, for example, planning campaigns, you know, spacing them out on a timeline. So that's good. 
the report, um, I'm actually looking at the feature right now on my screen. Yeah, lots of graphs and you can move them around. They're very powerful. Everything's very intuitive. intuitive and uh, we have uh, the country query language, so you can do a lot of things if you really want to. Quite, cool. uh, you can quite detailed stuff, yeah. So how do you guys decide what features to actually add to the platform now? Because you have a bunch of users, you guys have been around for a long period mm -hmm. of time. You must get feature requests all the time. And how do you decide which ones to actually mm -hmm. implement and which ones to not implement? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, lots of thought goes into that. Um, if, if we get a feature request all the time, one that repeats, then we know what the priority is. But periodically, as a team, we review our uh, public roadmap uh, that has uh, items under review, items that are already planned, items that are started. People can also go there because it's a public uh, page and they can suggest features and vote on the ones already suggested. So if we, some, if we see a lot of thumbs up, we know that this is important. And of course, we also monitor the, the market, see what's going on, see the trends. And some, sometimes it's just a feature that we as a team would love to have in this product. So we can add it to. No, that, that's very cool. So I, I want to dive a little bit deeper into some of the verticals. Um, just on your website, under like even solutions, you have kind of agencies and human resources and marketing and, and product development and, and kind of new business. Or, or you could do things kind of by workflow from, you know, digital transformation, project management, remote work and, and collaborating. How how does the interface change or act similar between the different ways to use Cantry, or is it really up to me to decide that? It's up to you. Uh, like I said, Cantry is very flexible. Uh, one of my personal favorite features is the private view. So when you go to your Cantry dashboard um, and you run a search or you do you use the filters and let's say now your board looks exactly how you want it to look because you know even if i'm working on the same project with someone my role may be different so i may have to see different things that my colleagues sitting next to me or right. you know, somewhere so uh i can save that private view and i don't interrupt the whole workflow so that means a project manager can who has an idea for the project right um the global idea can still have it that way. And then each person on your team can have a different view so that they know what they have to focus on. Whenever you log in in the morning, you don't have to go through the same um, filtering activity, right? You just go to your view. You can, you can also share it uh, with your team or you can keep it private. So you go there and you tell country what, country what you need. So for example, I have a board for uh, my content management, content calendar. And I can play around with it so that when I log in, I know exactly what I have to write this week. But my colleagues don't need to see that. They want to see the big picture so I can have my private view. They have the, the general view. So everybody can, do, can have their own view without interrupting the whole big picture. So yeah. that's pretty cool. Um, I know not every solution has it, and it's been really, really helpful in my own work. No, that's, that's very cool. So you mentioned earlier that you guys all basically work remote for the most part. You have an office. 
you guys are also of the mindset and setup as a worker um, cooperative. Do you want to maybe cover what what exactly that is and why one of your core goals as a company is to allow people to work remote or kind of wherever they want with the option to come in an office where traditionally that's kind of backwards from how a lot of companies are doing things. Yeah. The thing is, we truly believe that the future of work is more remote, more collaborative. Um, and the traditional structure is going to have to change, you know, the typical hierarchy. We really believe in this collective intelligence. So, um, I mean, I am still the newest member of DigiCop, but from talking to my colleagues, I know that this is how they wanted to do it because they really, when they got together, they wanted to work on projects that would fascinate them, that they had passion for, and they really wanted to focus on making collaborative work tools for companies. Um, they think that together we can do a lot more. Um, and Pretty much the reason, uh, the reason we are cooperative like this is because, let's see how to put it the best way. Um, I guess it just comes from the founders' values. They, being developers, they wanted to, they were passionate about technology, but they also were interested in what it could do for the society at large. They wanted to empower individuals, not just management. And I believe that comes from their experiences in previous jobs. And I fit right into this because I had a similar experience and I, I moved away from a very corporate environment. And in what in reality this means is that we don't have, you know, this management structure. We are all managers, but really everybody has projects that they coordinate and we check in with with each other to see what's going on. But we put a lot of trust in people. Okay, we hire you because, you know, we know that you have a certain set of skills. And we also believe that when you give people a real stake in a company that you, you create um, a long-term value. Um, you know, very often people, especially the younger generation is, moved to, is used to moving from job to job. So they don't really feel part of a company, you know. It's just sort of like a temporary thing. Okay, I'm going to get some experience. I'm going to move on. Whereas here, the founders wanted to build a um, sustainable company. And one of the ways of doing that, uh, creating that sustainable long-term employment for everybody, was organizing uh, the company as a worker co-op, which at that time, five years ago, was quite a new concept in France. Still sure. is. Sure. Um, on one of our... Uh, post on the blog, we went into more detail about the funding phase and everything, because here's the deal with a worker co-op in France. It's called SCOP, S-C-O-P. 51% um, of the ownership in the company has to be with employees. So that makes funding a little tricky. Um, they came up with a way to do this uh, through what's called titre participatif. It's a certain piece of paper called that investors can buy and then they get the return on that. But we still have 51% of ownership in DigiCop. And what it means every day is that when you 
when you put that trust in people, when you know that, um, you know, we are, we are associates in the company, so that means we, we get to share profits at the end of the year. When you have that real stake in the company, not just like a micro percentage of um, the profit, you know, you are bound to feel more connected and more involved in your job. Sure. You know, and this also means that we can work from anywhere in the world because nobody has to be over your shoulder looking at you to make sure you're working from nine to five or whatever. We just know, okay, we are all associates. This is this is our daily life as a company, and we're gonna do everything we can to do our job well. We don't need to be micromanaged. I I love that. Honestly, this is very fresh to me, very uncorporate. But we also think that even though, you know, not every company is going to organize in this, in this way or, or do it anytime soon, but we think that the trends in management call for more collaboration, call for more trust, for more transparency. And this is not new. Even Google has been doing this too, you sure. know. Um, but it definitely works well for our, our team. No, it, it makes sense. And, and the thing that I've always found interesting about the whole nine to five workday is especially as a creative person it like you can't just certain roles or certain types of people can't just work nine to five because they just don't their brain doesn't function like that like you can't tell somebody to oh, i'm creative. raising my hand right now <laughs> yeah like, like you can't tell a writer or somebody creative to like just yeah. work nine to five it's like if i'm not a morning person like or or whatever or i work better 10 a.m or 10 p.m to 4 a.m. or whatever my timeline is like what do you care mm -hmm. I, I guess I never understood that because especially exactly <laughs> like well and it's so hard these days to have a role that doesn't have some sort of deliverable like obviously you on the the content and, and managing the community it's like if you're not writing content or or getting it out there or I'm not doing design or developers not writing code like sure you can maybe get away with that for a few days, maybe a couple mm -hmm. weeks, depending on who's watching. But like, you have these clear, tangible, digital deliverables that people can see. And mm -hmm. I, I never understood why people cared whether I did it nine to five, Monday to Friday, or I, I was outside those hours or partly in those hours. I, it just never made any sense to me or why I had to come to an office. Right. And and you yeah, guys. I mean, I'm, I'm totally with you on this, Kevin. Like, and I mean, you... sure, there are certain jobs that you have you know, that you cannot really do remotely, you know, sure. uh, some, for example, go government work or, you know, uh, if you work in a supermarket, sure. unless you do delivery, but there are jobs where you have to show up most of the time. But when it comes to um, writing, for example, any creative work or um, managing projects, you don't really have to be in the same space as other people. And right now, the coronavirus outbreak is accelerating the switch to remote work sure. you're like well finally the world is catching up it's too bad that it's catching up because of this very difficult situation we are in sure. because for us here at the company it's easy to work from home we're used to it you know I'm, I'm not having so much cabin fever as some of my friends who are not used to it so i'm okay being here on lockdown um, but for a lot of people who are thrown into this overnight especially if they don't live alone or if they have children this is not easy, and we understand. But we also know that for many people who are not allowed to work remotely before, for whatever reason, that reason is no longer valid. 
yeah. you know. So it's very interesting for us and for me here to to watch the situation unfold. And what you said about nine to five, exactly. I mean, I'm not a morning person. And the guys do not expect me to show up at 8 or 9. There's no way. I'm a night person. Right now we're talking, it's 8.30 p.m. in Paris, you know. And I'm like, you know, I have energy. (laughs) And honestly, we have people on the team who show up at 8. Our sales guys like that. Some of us, 10 o'clock. Others sometimes a little later. I mean, technically, we want to be online and reachable between, let's say, 10 a.m. and 6 p.m minus lunch because that's a sacred time in France, thank goodness. <laughs> uh, but yeah, but generally, you know, if you need to start a little later or maybe you need to go run an errand or something, we have that flexibility because yeah, wor- work is important, but so is life. And sure. having this, um, this uh, co-op structure with more trust and transparency, it allows us to do this. So for me, someone who's not a morning person, someone who is a creative, someone who absolutely hated being in a cubicle nine to five, this is wonderful. Absolutely wonderful. <laughs> no, fair, fair. Um, the other thing that I, I want to get your thoughts on is because you and your team have done remote work for, for a long period of time, I, I want some advice around that. How do you separate kind of work and, and personal life? Because obviously, you're working in the same space, sure, you might have a separate area or whatnot, but but mm-hmm. can you mm-hmm. talk mm-hmm. us through some of the things that you do to, to separate the work-life balance when it's literally happening in the same space? Yeah, and let me tell you, um, Parisian apartments are often not very big, especially by American standards, and mine is no exception. So... Um, I, I seriously don't have a lot of space, but it's well laid out, well designed. Um, so I, I'm not very far from my lounge area, my bedroom area, and my kitchen. So I have to create some mental um, distinction. So, for example, I refuse to work in my pajamas on the couch because to me that's like lounge time, okay? okay. Um, so I actually do dress up. I put on some makeup, you know. Um, I put on clothes that are so comfortable, but they make me feel like I'm working because working from home is still working. Right. When I'm in my pajamas, I'm not in the right mindset to do work, you know. So I make sure that I have a designated space in my apartment, and I do. I have my little office, and... Um, I have my favorite whatever beverage, you know, always by my side. And I have some good music if I needed just to, you know, I have some playlists to, to give me that kind of ambience that I would have in the office or maybe in a co-working cafe. Right. Uh, so that's one thing. Um, having that mental separation and that's done through having a designated space and dressing up for work. I'm not saying, you know, um, a nice suit jacket and high heels, definitely not. But, you know, still I feel put together like I'm ready to work, you know. Um, there are some things that I always recommend to my friends and also in my articles because right now it is a good time for, for me to write about working from home for people who are new to it. Um, so, for example, physical activity is super important. Uh, when we sit at the computer all day, eight hours, nine hours, whatever it is. I mean, we're going to get really tense in our shoulders. 
our neck, our lower back can be a little sore. So I start my day with five to 10 minutes of just really simple exercise to get me going, to get me energized. So I may do some stretches. Um, I may move around a little bit just to get the heartbeat going. Um, take a shower, make my coffee. And I feel like that morning routine where I get my body and my brain going, this is perfect. Um, and then during the day, I take some breaks to, again, stretch a little bit. You know, some people like to do yoga. I actually learned to do this in a, a, during a writer's retreat that I did a few years ago back in the States. Okay. And that opened my eyes that after writing for a few hours, or it could be doing anything on your computer for a few hours, take five to ten minutes just to stretch. Just to stretch is to look at something else besides your screen. Just to avoid that afternoon crash, you know. Um, it's, it's been really, really helpful to me. So, um, in this lockdown, I've been actually exercising more than I ever have in my life, <laughs> even though I cannot go to the gym. I've been really, I've been starting my days with just simple routine. And then after I finish in the evening, just exercise for 30 minutes to, to an hour every day. <laughs> I, I cannot believe, but it really, really helps because you, you give yourself that mental break. And uh, I remember in my corporate days, we were always told to, and I hate this phrase, go above and beyond, <laughs> as if working nonstop without a break would make you more productive. Um, in my research to, to write the corporate blog here, um, I've, been, I've been reading a lot of articles and studies by, for example, Stanford University that prove that we actually need to take breaks to be more productive. Um, so th I told you about the sacred lunchtime in Paris, this is, uh, or in France, this is really, really wonderful because you, you are able to reset and get back to work and have a, a few more hours of work in you. So exercise, breaks, and you do that. Um, also, uh, minimizing disruptions. Very often, and creative people or freelancers, I'm sure, can relate to this. Uh, sometimes people who have those nine-to-five office jobs um, don't understand that when you work from home, you're actually working. It doesn't mean you are available to run some errands or that you can talk on the phone or whatever. Yeah, you know? interesting. So, it, yeah, yeah, and it's only because I'm working from a place other, other than the office, it doesn't mean I have all the freedom to walk away from my computer. I mean, sure, I can be doing laundry at home, but I'm still here at the computer, you know. Yeah. But I think it's important to minimize those interruptions. So, for example, there are times when I uh, silence my phone. I'm like, I don't need to hear WhatsApp. <laughs> I don't need to get messages. So, I mean, I, as much as I like my friends, sometimes it's just not the time. Or I don't check email as every time an email comes in, you know, there are times maybe I'll check email in the morning, afternoon, and before I go, you know, it's important to, to give yourself the luxury of uninterrupted work time because that's going to boost your productivity when you can focus on just one task. Because another myth is multitasking. And again, uh, researchers and psychologists tell us, well, people are not really designed to multitask. We take care of various things, so we have multiple tasks to manage, but doing this at the same time is not necessarily the most productive thing. Imagine if you're writing some kind of memo and if you're talking on the phone and answering emails and trying to go on an online call, you cannot do all this at the same time. 
you know, it's going to take you less time and you're going to be better if you focus on one thing at a time as much as possible. And so another piece of advice would be, yeah, managing your time. Some people are great with those uh, to-do lists and we're just introducing a task list, uh, checklist feature in Cantry. So I'm going to switch from <laughs> some of my paper task lists just directly to Cantry. I'm super excited about this. But keeping that task list is, is pretty good um, also. And yeah, and I am all about work-life balance. I feel like I work better and more productive when I, I can have time for everything. I have time for lunch. I have time for my exercise, you know. And I'm not saying this lightly. I know that it's not easy, especially for someone who came from the well above and beyond environment where uh, busy bragging is a thing. I think to me saying, oh, I'm busy. I cannot do this. You know, sometimes we truly are. I'm not going to, yeah. you know, um, some people absolutely are because there are in some jobs where you really do work 12, 14 hours a day. And I do not want to discredit that at all. But very often, and I was victim to this too, we, we say I'm busy because we're really, we haven't really mastered time management or we were told to multitask. And it took me a while to do this because besides working with Cantry, I've also had some um, freelance work. So I really had to burn, especially after moving to Paris, to balance my day job with my other activities or my passion project. I'm a writer, so you can imagine that there's always something I want to write about, whether sure. it's just for a blog or maybe some freelance work. So I've really had to train myself to manage my time better. I'm not saying I'm perfect at it, but I've learned that taking breaks and minimizing those distractions uh, really, really helps. Um, I think that's what comes to my head. No, I, I think that's that's really good advice. It sounds like you basically need to figure out what works for you. And if yeah. you've been doing remote work or part-time remote work, then, you know, keep yeah. keep figuring it out. But if it's new to you, again, like to your points, like you need to just figure out what works for you. Try to break it up with breaks and some exercise yeah. or, or whatever you, you need to kind of separate you know, your work-life balance type thing. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, two more things come to mind. Sure. And I know this is something that people hear all the time, but it really is important. Uh, good nutrition. Um, Interesting. Yeah. You know, what gives you that energy, you know? Um, because there are certain things that we might have at home, especially when we're working at home. We may you know, we may not social distance from the fridge, you know, and, and we may be tempted. <laughs> I don't know how I know that. <laughs> you know, we may be tempted to reach for those snacks, but that may not have the right ingredients for, for us and may do nothing to help our concentration. Uh, I'm not a nutritionist here, uh, but I'm sure there's lots of great resources online that can tell you exactly about the foods, you know, uh, that you need to be eating. But Good nutrition, you know, something that gives you energy without giving you that, again, that afternoon crash, you know. And also, um, really getting enough sleep. And I know it's easier said than done. And I'm sure there may be people there like, yeah, sure, what, what is she talking about? You know, I have two kids, I have a commute, I have this and that. But luckily, right now, we don't have the commute. Well, luckily, in this respect. Yeah. And I feel like this perhaps for some, maybe not for all, but some people, 
this is a chance to get more sleep every night. Um, I know that I'm a zombie if I don't get seven hours. And I will say this, and some people may laugh, I do get seven to eight hours every night. Wow. And that's thanks to the fact that we are remote first or that my office is close to my place if I need to go there. I really do get this, and it makes such a huge difference in productivity. I wake up well-rested. I do my little exercise, get my coffee. I'm ready to go. And it really, there is really no replacement for a good night's sleep. And it, it's not always easy, and I realize that. But if you're asking me to share my advice, oh, totally. that would be it. That would be it. And, and honestly, again, I came a long way. Um, I used to have that long commute. I worked, I lived in Chicago. I worked in the Chicago suburbs. And while my morning commute was maybe 35 minutes, no traffic. Right. After 5 p.m., an hour and a half almost wow. on some days, bumper to bumper, I was miserable yeah. mentally because you're sitting in the car and physically because all of a sudden everything starts to hurt you when you're in the car bumper to bumper. And also you're starting to go crazy because you've heard the same song a million times <laughs> during your commute. <laughs> that was terrible. And... And I was always having to see a chiropractor and massage therapist because I was in pain all the time from sitting at the desk for eight hours and then sitting in the car for over an hour. That was miserable. It was difficult to even relax at home or sleep well. And um, luckily, um, with, with the company where I'm at now and also with this remote first philosophy, I get to sleep longer. Not having a two hours not, not wasting two hours a day to commute has been really really helpful and and very much a life-changing situation i have to say and i know that realistically not everybody can get seven to eight hours but if you chronically get four hours every night your body is going to give in at some point it's, it's really not healthy no I, I to be honest i think a lot of people have been reevaluating the good and bad about their personal and professional life situation now that they're forced to work from home and see mm -hmm. what they enjoy about working from home and what they don't enjoy about working mm -hmm. from home and and mm -hmm. hopefully mm -hmm. coming out of this um you know like th I think that could be one of the big positives coming out of this is is people reevaluate what's important to them and some might go back to saying I love spending an hour and a half one way commuting to to and from the office and <laughs> you know maybe I, I don't know I know some people like like to just read or listen to a podcast or do freelance or some people actually enjoy that right if they're on yeah. public transit so yeah. have that if that's for you cool I hate the commute so. And I was already working from yeah. home two or three days a week anyway. So for me, it's not really that yeah. much different. But, and, and the people that I know personally that um, always went to an office, a lot of them are really liking working from home. So they might push for that more, mm -hmm. um, maybe that two, three days a week type scenario once things go back to, to somewhat normal or a new normal. But I'm curious to see how, how that plays out, right? And and so just getting your perspective on somebody that's been doing it already uh, about the, the pros mm -hmm. and cons is, is interesting. Yeah. And yeah, it, it's, 
it's interesting. And, you know, to each their own. Uh, I have friends who, and both in Europe and in America, who cannot wait to go, go back to the office. Totally. Uh, these are mostly people who have never worked at home before, and they're having a very hard time switching because they cannot create that mental uh, barrier between work life and home life when you're in the same space. And that's quite natural. Um, It doesn't happen overnight, that switch. Um, Some of them simply miss being around other people. Some of us need that certain energy level around us. Um, And yet other people just live with others and, and, Going to work is actually make you know put them in a more um, productive environment. You know, um, so again, to each their own. And, and there are times. I mean, I do like working from home because I have uh, come up with a routine that works for me. Uh, but there are times, or I should say, before the lockdown, where I really needed to either go to the office or go to a co-working cafe. Luckily, everything's within like. A, one mile radius for me. Um, sometimes I just wanted to be in a co-working cafe because there's a certain ambience, yeah. but nobody knows me. So nobody will interrupt me. Right. Yep. So I can, you know, be in a coffee shop, drink my coffee and focus on my writing. I still have that energy around me that I can feed off of. But when I go to the office, sometimes when I have to focus on an article, I'd rather stay home because in an office, you know, there are people and I like people I work with. And we also share an office with some other uh, small companies. Sometimes, you know, we might want to start talking to people and then, yep. you know, uh, whoops, it goes to work, <laughs> you know. Yeah, yeah. But, but, I, but yeah, I mean, I like being in the office. I mean, it's nice to have the option, let's just say that. But what you were saying about, oh, yeah, maybe more people will work from home. Well, yes, maybe more people will try or will want to. But nothing can change unless the policies change in companies. And hopefully, and this is what we are hoping for because, you know, we are big fans of remote work. Um, We really hope that now more companies, now that they've seen that remote work is possible, and hopefully thanks to Cantry and other online tools, hopefully they'll see that, okay, this is feasible, productivity is not down. You know, hopefully they'll be able to implement some new policies that are more flexible, you know, because I think uh, a lot of people these days, especially now that they've been able to see how it is, expect some more flexibility. Um, there have been lots of studies done uh, in places where, for example, they switch to a four-day work week, where when you give people that flexibility, maybe they take less time off, you know, or they actually really use the time that they have in the office, you know, because when you can go and run your errands, do your things, you know, gives you that work-life balance. And I feel like Work-life balance is, is, is the base for having a good relationship at work with people really performing your, your best and still having a life. No, I, I 100% agree with you. I, I think it, it's actually, I, I'm like so fascinated to see how things change and don't change based on when everything kind of goes back to, to a new normal. So I'm, I'm, I'm quite interested to see, no, just like yourself. Yeah. So. Right. And, um, uh, I have a friend here in Paris uh, who works uh, in a corporate environment. And before Corona, um, she couldn't really get her managers to agree for her to work from home. And that was um, that was during the transportation strikes in Paris. So she had to still endure the commute. 
uh, imagine instead of having three trains, you have one. So imagine people from three trains trying to get on one. So for her, it was very difficult to commute, yet her managers refused to let her work from home. And now during Corona, well, she has to work from home every day. So now everybody can see, okay, it's possible, you know, and she's still doing her job and she's good at it. And, and you know, she's not skipping a beat working from home. So hopefully um, she'll, she'll have some more flexibility. Hopefully her company uh, will, will have new policies. And this is, um, this is our hope that um, the future of work will sort of kick in a little sooner thanks to this, if there's any silver lining from this situation. Yeah. No, I 100% I agree with you, but we're kind of coming to the end of the show. So how about we close mm -hmm. with mentioning where people can get more information about yourself and, and country and any other links you want to mention? Yes. Uh, so come on over, check us out at, at country.io. It's K-A-N-T-R-E-E.io. If you want to learn about our a startup behind country, it's Digicop, D-I-G-I-C-O-O-P.O. And since we're based in France, it's going to be bilingual. Um, on country, I'd like to invite you to check out the tab that's called resources. And that's something, uh, that, that's, uh, that's my space. <laughs> I publish articles about <laughs> work management, so different resources for you. Um, about team management, about better work practices. Um, and lately we've been focusing very much on remote work resources. We have a guide to remote work. Um, we give you a lot of tips about that, tips for employees and managers alike. Um, so please check it out. Um, hopefully um, you'll use some of the tips to make your work from home easier. So I, I, um, I invite you to check that out. Um, and also you can tweet us at Country App. I'm there too, so I'm happy to say hi, <laughs> answer any questions you might have. And I also wanted to say that uh, if you've been thrown into remote work um, or if you need a tool to manage your projects more efficiently, try it for free. And we offer a 30 days uh, standard trial. Um, and I wanted to say that uh, due to the coronavirus outbreak, we have extended this free trial to 90 days for new companies, new clients. Um, you need to request that extension on our website and um, Kevin will provide you with the link. Yeah. Um, so this might be an option for someone. It's our little gesture of solidarity uh, towards the community. Very cool. Well, I really appreciate you taking the time out of your day to be on the show, and I look forward to keeping in touch with you, and have a good rest of your day. Thanks so much, Kevin. Thanks for having us again on the show, and I hope that everybody stays healthy and sane <laughs> working from home. Thank you. Thank you. Okay. Bye. Bye. Thanks for listening. Please visit our website at buildingthefutureshow.com to join the free community, sign up for our newsletter, or to sponsor the show. The music is done by Electric Mantra. You can check him out at electricmantra.com and keep building the future. <laughs>